You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a doctor. And uh, we're super excited to learn about the, uh, the Dottie Rose Foundation. Now, we all know that teaching technology is essential for the future. Uh, if you have a young child, it's almost like they're glued to it, even if you don't want them to be. But that is the future. And technology is, is helping you know, our world become a more connected space, but also one that makes things easier in life. But you know, there's a lot of, uh, of, of things out there that are an issue with technology. And, and one of the tendencies is for men to outnumber women in all of those tech careers. Um, how do we change that? You know, our next guest on the Brand Builders podcast not only helps implement technology curriculum in our local schools, but has created a foundation uh, for girls to learn tech careers, which is so cool. And we love uh, somebody that kind of takes that step and creates something that's new. So we are so excited to have Dr. Sharon Jones of The Dot Consulting and the Dottie Rose Foundation join us on this episode of the Brand Builders podcast. So welcome, Dr. Sharon. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Well, wow, the intro Sharon. sounded so awesome. I'm like, that was fantastic. Oh, man, he gets things fired up. He's <laughs> really good at that. <laughs> I love it, yeah. So we think of equal opportunity being available to boys and girls in our classrooms. Um, why do you think girls are not choosing to pursue technology more? Wow, that's a loaded question, and it's not one that has a simple answer, but the main reason is just exposure and cultural norms. There is a lot of embedded cultural pieces around what is tech, who uses tech, how is it applied, in particular around computer science, around how we develop software. There is this image a lot in young ladies' minds that it's someone sitting behind a computer with a hoodie on, which that is true to some regard, but it's not the total truth. And, you know, I think over time we have really created a space where we don't necessarily, well, we, we've divided, oh, that's a boy thing or that's a girl thing. And that's been mm -hmm. going on for a long time. And that's really part of it. In elementary school, the, all kids are excited. They're excited about anything. They're excited about learning this, that, doesn't matter what it is. Middle school is where we start to see them really begin to divide. And part of that is just because there's, that's the time when they're developing and growing and changing. And so mm -hmm. then it becomes well, I don't really like that, or I can't do math, or it becomes cool to say you can't do math. And that's, so those are the things we have to start changing. But that's, I don't know if I'm really answering the question as well as I should. My, my point is it's sort of hard to answer that, except for a lot of it just comes around exposure and what has been branded culturally around what is technology. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about kind of how you got to this point, right? You have a, um, an amazing background. Um, clearly, you're very educated um, and as a doctor, which is awesome. But <laughs> tell you. us, like, you know, why, how did this become your passion? Wow. And, and how did you turn not only the passion into uh, a foundation to really not only say this is something that I want to do, but really make an actionable uh, organization that can, can make change? Great question, and thank you for asking. Yeah, we were laughing before we went on air about my tour of North Carolina for all the different <laughs> degrees. But, you know, um, how did I get started with this? So education runs really deep in my family. I come from a long line of educators. I'm from Charlotte, um, and my grandparents are from New Salem, North Carolina, which is in Union County. And my great-grandparents actually started New Salem Elementary, oh. which is pretty cool. So, And they used to house the teachers above... I mean, when they would 
when the teachers came, they recruited them from other places in North Carolina. They would live there with my with my grandparents, uh, with my grandfather. And um, so my great aunt was a teacher. My mom is an educator. So I've come from this long line of education. And I fought it for a long time. And actually, I thought I was going to be a DJ. I had a um, show in high school, and I was DJ Sharky Sharon. Nice. Yes. DJ Sharky yes. Sharon. Yes, in the tunes. And <laughs> oh, I, doctor um, and a DJ. Yeah, this yeah. is something. I'm love it. You. And I, lo- and I loved that piece. And I went to college at, at UNC Chapel Hill, and I interned at a radio station. And I realized that wasn't really what I wanted. And so I, I'm saying that because I fought really – I always boomeranged back to education, but I kept saying, ah, I don't know. So I ended up going and getting a degree in business and uh, business education. And the, what got me hooked in technology is I didn't grow up with it. I got my first email address when I went to Carolina – I found out what PowerPoint was when I was a sophomore when my professor asked me to do a presentation. I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) We must be the same age. A a power something. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, I'll be – 2020 is the year 40 for me. So I'm I'm coming up. A little older. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, But when I went to work on my master's in education, I had to learn visualbasic.net. And so, wow, that was an interesting – time. And I really had to go outside anything I'd ever understood before. But my first project was to turn a light bulb on and off, which is binary, zero, one, on and off. And I figured it out. And I was like, holy moly, I just did that. I did that. And it was really powerful because I realized that I had the power to tell the computer what to do. And it was like, yes. And so I ended up getting a job teaching um, at Apex High School, which is um, in the Raleigh area, teaching visualbasic.net. And I struggled the entire year. I stayed about an hour ahead of the kids. and But that experience really taught me so much about what we could do and, and push ourselves beyond what I had ever thought I was capable of because, like I said, I didn't know what PowerPoint was until I was in college. So that's really what started my journey. I realized that I became really excited about having to figure out how to program something and make that computer do. And I like to be in charge so I was really in charge of that computer, and, and I got to make the decisions about what was going to happen. So over the years, I, I'm a self-taught programmer. I've, I've learned all the pieces around data analytics and HTML and CSS and JavaScript. I just, every time there was an opportunity to teach a new class, I was like, sure, I'll teach it. And so I did. And my passion started happening because I began to see once I could figure out what the what the children loved. So sometimes I get content and it would be too far above what the kids could understand. So I just switched my thought process and I thought, you know what, if I can figure this out, they can figure it out. So what, what are we going to do? So the, one of the first projects I did, it was teaching them how to make loops in programming, which can be a little bit abstract. So we made, we actually just went back to our um, elementary roots and we actually made um, for a for loop, F-O-R, for loop means you're going to loop four so many times. So we made spider webs with string, and I taught them where it starts and where it ends, and it was like all of a sudden the light bulb went off, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is how we can do this. We could figure out how to relate it to what they love and how they can understand it, and it just changes their perspective. So that's really how it got started. I just got addicted to figuring out how to make this relative for the kids to learn, and then it just got more exciting. But the biggest piece of what happened is over my years of teaching, I noticed the enrollment of young ladies in my class declined dramatically. So I started teaching in 2003, 
And then when I left the classroom to go into administration in 2013, so over those 10 years of teaching, I mean, the numbers just dropped. And I was like, what is going on? And it figured out to me that a lot of it was being lost in middle school. Our middle school curriculum wasn't, didn't have enough girth or exposure or content to get kids excited about what was happening in tech and happening in computer science. And so that's what drove me to start this nonprofit, the Dottie Rose Foundation, which is named in honor of my grandmother, Dorothy Rose, who was my grandmother who's from New Salem. And, and, and our work is around empowering girls to see how tech is a part of what they do every day. It's the application of technology. This, being on a podcast, learning understanding how to record, how to edit, how to post, understanding what are radio waves. That's all STEM. That's all computer science. And those are things that girls love learning about audio and music and fashion and just bringing that back into tech. Wow. Yeah, I love it. So super. Yeah. Good. I mean, I, I think this is it's so neat, but I want to learn like exactly what does the Dottie Rose Foundation do? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, obviously we understand what the problem is now. So how does the Dottie Rose Foundation kind of change that or create a platform to make that change? So what we've been doing, um, we started, so we, this will be year two for us in February, which um, is really exciting that we've... Congratulations. Made, yeah, 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 that's I was awesome. Like, yes. Um, so what we have done is created a platform and a space where we bring in upper elementary to middle school girls, and we create content that is based on the four buckets of computer science, and there are four buckets that I have developed myself from over my years of, of teaching. And we create things, workshops, and then uh, camps, and then other opportunities depending on what it is. Sometimes we'll do a one-day Girls in Tech Day where we partner with another company, or sometimes we send them to a conference or, or a meetup or whatever it is. Um, but our content is very specific that it goes towards a female persona or things that we like as girls and shows them that if they want to work in fashion, what can you do in fashion that would be around technology? So, or in jewelry, or in music, or in culinary, whatever it might be, where's the computer science element? So what we do specifically is create programming that allows them to see the tech and apply the tech into something they love. Most of our core work is in summer camps, and then in the fall and the spring, we offer different workshops. Um, We have some STEAM series. uh, In the spring, we're launching an App Lab project with Century One, which is another startup uh, tech startup here in Charlotte, and they've been amazing. And we're looking to grow. I mean, that's part of what 2020 is going to be, how we're going to be able to expand our programming. Our goal is to continue to touch the young ladies. And so we have a really solid cohort of girls right now that have come through more than one or two of our programs. And so that's beginning to change their perception and their thought around what they can do or what they, because some of them didn't think they could even do this, right? And I'm like, Any, you, anybody can be a fashion designer. Anybody can be a musician. You just have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. You have to get started. Make it a, happen. You have <laughs> a lot of amazing partners. Um, I mean, some obviously big ones, Microsoft, Dell, uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. One of our favorites and one of our clients, Etain. Group. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. they amazing. Uh, right here in my heart. Yes, Melinda and Dawn. Um, oh, we love Dawn. Love Dawn. And, and, uh, and they have been huge supporters. Um, Melinda and I met a couple of years ago through another women in tech group, and then 
when we went to go partner with our Dawn camera, it has been just an am- So they have actually hosted us for the past two summers and will host us again this summer for a week-long camp. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And the location's so great. And then they bring their, their people in to come and talk and their clients. And so the kids get to see a real working environment at a tech – well, it's to their tech recruitment. So they get to yeah. go and listen to what are the recruiters looking for for someone to hire for a position. And then – because we're in that South End area, we were able to walk down to Dell Technologies, take a tour, meet other software engineers. It was just, a, it's a very cool Very cool. Space. Are you now full-time Dottie Rose Foundation? So, yes. I spend, I split my time between the consulting business and then the, the foundation. Um, I am blessed to have a wonderful um, young lady. Um, her name is Jillian Kleinberg, and she's my executive director. And so she runs all the ins and outs of the everyday operations. And I get to come and help create content and work with the with the girls. And then most of my days are spent um, in the school system. I work with three middle schools, and then I do professional development to help teachers um, integrate computer science. So that's – and in the three middle schools, I'm there most days um, – working to coach with the, the teachers or the admin staff, having, helping them to transform their culture from being, I don't put this in quotation marks, like a traditional middle school into one that's a computer science or tech school because that's what both all three of the schools I work in are considered computer science magnets. So I, I got a question. I um, I'm a parent. I have a, I have a young son. I'm going to find out if I'm having a boy or girl really soon. Another one. Congratulations. Um, So maybe I'll have a girl and we can get her in tech. Um, but I think this is some, a a good question. I think it's one that, that you can have a a good answer for as far as kind of advice. But if you're a parent, you know, you have a daughter, um, you want to get them involved in tech. What's the best way to make that happen? And what's the best way to support that? So, it's very simple. Just have the conversation. Start talking about it. One of the, the things that we've done over this past uh, four or five weeks is we've been hosting a STEM uh, or STEAM at home um, series. So you can start having these conversations with your kids when they're really when they're young. The be- that's the best time to start talking to them about what does it mean to uh, uh, love science or math. So let me just say this. One of the favorite things I like to do, I have two boys myself, which seems ironic since I run an all-girls, you know, organization, <laughs> but they, they're amazing. That's how it works out, right? Yeah, and yeah, it just yeah. does. Yeah. Well, I bring them along to all kinds of, with them. That's awesome. And we also, we also serve boys. I mean, we're not, we don't just, we don't, we're not excluding the boys. I just tend to uh, put my programming towards girls because there hasn't been a lot of that conversation, which we talked about already. But yep. well, I mean, to go back to your question, something that I love to do at home, which anybody can do, is cook. And I love to cook with my kids. So cooking is very um, tech mm-hmm. and very STEM. So there's math, there's science, there is um, literature or, or writing content because you have to follow a recipe, understand the recipe. And actually a recipe is an algorithm. So an algorithm is steps you take to solve a problem or to uh, um, complete a task. So with a recipe, you have to go through the different steps to execute the recipe. So the algorithm is the written uh, is the recipe and then when you actually start executing that recipe it's a program which would be the same thing as if you were doing in a com- you know on the computer. So with my son I say okay read and he's learning to read he's um in the second grade. So he reads out all of the ingredients and 
all those ingredients are mathematics, half a cup, a teaspoon. And then we talk about how long it needs to bake. And there's the chemistry piece of this. When you put it in the oven, what happens? It turns from a liquid to a solid, you know, et, mm-hmm. et cetera. Those are the things you can do at home. Um, un, if you, any of your chores, if any of your kids have chores, like um, emptying the dishwasher. Emptying the dishwasher, by the way, is highly strategic. Because you've got to figure out how quickly can I empty this thing. Controversial, too. Right, it is. <laughs> Apparently, I don't load it correctly. Oh, yes. That's the, the topic of the week. Well, you know what? Yeah. Um, we could have that conversation. Yeah, too. My husband likes know. to leave things in the sink and yeah. I actually get them to the dishwasher that's literally not even, you know, an That's inch the, the hardest room. part. So, so you, you kidding me? Right that's either. the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to write you an algorithm. Yeah. To do. Please. But, but things like. Uh, it could be even organizing where that is problem solving. And maybe that's really what we need to talk about is that's how you really get them excited. When they're in elementary school, they love to solve problems. And the more that we can teach them how to solve a problem, they won't give up so easily when we move them into that middle school age when they're 11, 12, 13, and, you know, life stinks and everybody stinks and you know, life is terrible and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, all the things. But if we can teach them those skill sets, that's really important. But I bring up the, the STEM at home because it's so e- – I mean, there's everyday chores, cooking. Um, let's see. Oh, dancing. We do a lot of dancing at my house. Well, dancing is nothing but an algorithm and loops and variables depending on uh, – We I was trying to teach them <laughs> the electric slide the other day. I'm just <laughs> saying that's our time, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I know there's all new – but there's nothing like the electric slide. And I'm like, so, guys, this is actually – this is a loop because you're doing the same thing over, you know, slide – oh, no, that's, that's not – that's not – slide to the left and slide to the right is the cha-cha. But anyway, you get my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a really good one. And it's cool. All this information, I, I believe, is on your website in your blog area mm-hmm. um, where you have the organized clean dishes uh, computationally. Yes. And, and then you break it all down how you can do these things. Yes. So it's very informative. Um, so if anyone's looking to understand yes. more about this. Absolutely. Um, on our website, which is daddyrosefoundation.org. And I have a blog section. And then if you follow well us on done. Facebook, you can see my, ste- my Steam at Home series. And I've done uh, for the past five weeks, every Sunday, the kids and I do some activity um, which has been a lot of fun for us sure. and the children, you know, we did a marble run the other week where we just put a bunch of toilet paper rolls and paper towel rolls together and try to see how fast the marble would go down. And scientifically, they, they, they were pretty funny. They're like, well, maybe if we put it over here and then finally they, they attached it to one we have one of those, um, it's a hand me down, but, uh, heaters that you put out on your patio uh-huh. and they finally figured if they taped it really high up on the uh, heater that it would go really fast <laughs> and we collected data which is another piece of computer science which people don't talk enough about data is the core of computer science and coding period if you don't know your numbers or understand the data you really what's the purpose right even right. for this podcast right sure. how many listeners you have when do you release you were mentioning it you this was really you said the numbers a minute ago you guys started two years ago, and you haven't missed a week, 122 that's episodes. Right. I mean, that's phenomenal. So just those numbers in general. But with the Marble Run, we what we did was we uh, timed it. We did three different runs, like, depending and, you know, change the height. And then we just ran the average. And we talked about the min and the max. And on average, how fast did the marble go down? And that's simple. And, and those mathematical skills, those basic math skills are so important. In anything you do. I mean, I, I'm going to go back to podcasting because when you get ready to edit this, 
you got to think about the time. So you said to me, 30 minutes is about the time, which is exactly, yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to listen longer than that. But then editing down and putting in the music beforehand and the music after and, and then putting all of that together. Is... That's our man, Yasha, over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rocking He's it working out. hard. Making it there. easy. He does a great <laughs> job. Uh, yeah. So when can you start this? You know, I have a, a, a 20 month old and, you know, we are in the process now where, you know, it's still hi daddy and, and, mm -hmm. and, but, but loves to read. Mm -hmm. Um, he now is starting to, to say names. Cuddle is his favorite book. So he goes, cuddle, uh -huh. cuddle. Oh, and that. like, he, it's like the, it breaks, like, it's amazing. Right. But like, when should we start kind of challenging him on this? Because it's, it's kind of changed my mindset on everything you do as a parent. You can turn that into a learning lesson, but you can turn it into a technology, into a STEM. Like, Anything. I didn't even think about cooking. And you just started going through from mathematics and chemistry. And I'm like sitting here and I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, and and so like that, but that's like something that people do on the, on the reg. Like, why not get your kids involved? Absolutely. Challenge them on that. And not only like, hey, it'll make them a great cook in the future. And that's an yeah, well, awesome I mean, plus. Even your 20-month-old, so I'm thinking if we go back to the cooking piece, does he like um, like raisins or M&Ms or anything like that? He uh, Cereals, Cheerios? Yeah, yeah, oh, loves Cheerios. Okay, loves Cheerios. Cheerios. I mean, Cheerios and mac and cheese, like it, we, uh, we probably are going to keep them in business forever. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think as parents, we kind of do do that. Yeah. I mean, like my children will say, we'll be cooking something, and they're like, oh, it's not mac and cheese. Yeah, or, right. No, You know what it is? Lately, my son's been like, oh, it's not pastaroni. Like, so, where did that come from? <laughs> he already when knows the brand. <laughs> um, but one thing you could do with them is have them make their own snack. So he's 20 months. Um, you could put out a couple of different bowls and say, okay, pick out four Cheerios. And, you know, you have to do it with him, but right. you just say one, two, and then put them in a bowl. How about pick out four M&Ms? And they put, you know, and then you put, take all those and then you say, look, you just made your own snack and you've counted at how many pieces are in this um, bowl. And you can count with right, him. Right, but right, right. But he'll pick up pretty – I love that. They pick up really fast. And then that's um, a great way to show the mathematical piece. Again, that's cooking. It's an algorithm. And then you could say, so we put four Cheerios and four M&Ms and four raisins, you know, and then how many is that total? Easy. Um, at 20 months – What's that equal, Brian? <laughs> I wasn't even <laughs> – Say the what? The <laughs> other piece that I would say is really big, and this is something that I encourage uh, a lot, and I, and I do this with my middle schooler too, because this is something that we stopped doing with them, is building. Building with blocks or Legos. So I'm sure you guys have blocks somewhere. Mm -hmm. You can just challenge them to try and build the tallest tower and then get out the measuring tape and literally just measure it. Hmm. Write it down and then have them knock it down and try it again. Um my so cool. my son is obsessed with my younger son loves dinosaurs so everything is around dinosaurs and so it could you know build a t-rex cave or what whatever it is it's uh, applicable to what your children like and they can build it and then you know measure it or 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 whatnot i mean it's then they start learning that oh and the best part is they learn how to use a measuring tape which yeah. by the way i had like a seventh grader that asked me what it was i'm like I'm, wow a seventh grader and i was like you know what wow Listen, Woo. we're about to measure everything in this yeah. room. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> you know, I think you bring up an awesome point as well. Like I, I, I'm 35. I consider myself to understand technology, but I don't know how to code. Uh, I've never learned how to specifically code. And I always think about like, oh, the future, like it's going to go straight over my head, right? And technology is going to pass. But 
But you know what? You've actually created actionable uh, things that we can go home and teach our kids at a young age. You don't have to know all these things from a tech space. Yeah. You're just creating a path so then they can have that as an opportunity. And that, like you said, they don't burn out on it in middle school or they don't like, oh, I'm not good at math. Like you're creating that platform. So that's so cool. Like I, I, it makes it easy um, but it's also something that like, I think a lot of people would be like, I don't know, like technology, I don't know all that type of stuff. And that's and, the first, they're like, oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, you like, know? And, and I said, listen, I didn't know what PowerPoint was, y'all. I, I had no idea. I mean, any, you, you we can learn it. Mm-hmm. You have to think about it. And this is one piece about being an adult. We, we tend to want things to be perfect or has to be, or we've got to know everything in order to do it. And that's just not true. One step at a time. Let me, let me put this across to you. If you're a musician, if you are a writer, if you're any of those, quite frankly, all of us are capable of coding. We all can code. If you can write a sentence in English, then you can write a line of code. So my name is Sharon, period. That's a command statement. In JavaScript, in Python, you write um, move 10 steps, but it may be move and in parentheses, you put your 10. And then you put a semicolon at the end of it. Well, in JavaScript, that's just a command that you're just telling the computer to do that. You just have to think about it. You already have the skill set. And that's what I tell my girls all the time is you've already got it. We just got to figure out how to apply it. Right. I mean, it's just what is it that you love to do? I mean, I personally am love fashion. I love all things girly. I love all the jewelry. I'm obsessed. Right. And I think, you know, there is an entire industry where you can make three, use 3D printers and make jewelry. And make a huge business out of it. And there's a language called processing that's a JavaScript, is a, a derivative of, of JavaScript. And you can literally, in about, I don't know, 10 or more lines of code, tell the 3D printer to print you a circle ring with so much of a diameter. And it's pretty cool. Like you can either do a solid or it can have some like spider web looking thing. But it's not, it's just basic shapes. And I say this a lot with art, too. This I, We just did a, oh, ooh, I didn't talk about this one. Mm. Art, drawing is a really good one you can do at home. I just uh, did with my, my kids, and I'm getting ready to do it at one of my schools, is I taught them angles, right angle, obtuse angle, um, acute angle. Um, and we just, I'm not a mathematician by trade. I know what an angle is, mm. right? And so... I taught, we talked to the kids about it and then they took painter's tape and just put it on a canvas and then we created a piece of abstract art that had to have three acute angles, two obtuse, and then whatever in right angles because that was the easiest one for them to make. But those are drawing, any kind of thing like that is exciting. And that's math. And it's and I want to keep telling the, the, my, my kids that are like, well, I just want to be an artist. I'm like, well, you got to be pretty good at math if you can draw a well-proportioned head. Right. You know, if you know where, you know, because I don't know if y'all ever learned this in an art class, but I always drew my eyeballs like in the wrong place, <laughs> right? <the> forehead. <laughs> right. You know, and, but like if you can figure out really where to, I mean, that's, that's proportion. That's understanding the diet and the oval versus a circle. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It is awesome. And, and your website is great. I, I'm on it right now. And, and one of the things in the blog, and I challenge everybody to go check this out, uh, DottieRoseFoundation.org. Uh, five simple ways to encourage STEM brain development in your mm-hmm. kids. And, and I'll just run over them really quick. One, maximize love, manage stress. Two, talk and show. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, count, group, compare. Four, explore through movement and play. 
And five, which I think is is probably the most important, read and discuss stories. Yeah. It, do you where do you come up with all this amazing stuff? Number one, um, and 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 I mean it seems so simple, but it seems that a lot of people overthink it because yeah. they think it's so difficult. And right. you're kind of bridging that gap, which enables parents to educate their kids, challenge their kids, create a STEM environment every day, which ultimately will help them in the future. But where do you come up with all this stuff? I don't know. My brain goes all the time. I was like, <laughs> I, I see the connections. In my, you know what really, what, what has happened is, is over time, when, I'm, when you're teaching, when you're teaching, you have to be creative and you have to think about ways that are going to keep the kids excited. And I know for me that I struggled a bit to learn to program. It wasn't that I, I couldn't do it. I just had to figure out how to make it relatable to me. I am your average student. I did well in school, but I have to work really hard to learn. Like I, I pick things up easily, but for me to really like process and understand it, it takes me time. So part of what that is, I had to figure out ways that made sense for the kids. And I began to realize if they didn't write well, then they weren't really going to be able to write code because you have to be able, because writing code is like writing in English. You're telling that computer what to do. So if you can't tell me what to do as a human, then good gracious. <laughs> it's going to be tough for that computer because it doesn't have a brain. It's not alive. The other best part is I began to realize, like, if it doesn't work, just turn the sucker off and turn it back on. You know, life will yeah. go on. Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world like when we were kids and if you messed up the computer, it was like everything imploded. Like, it's not so much that way now. But, you know... I was, when you were talking about count and compare, the other things, I just started thinking about ways that I, as a parent, I also took a class on brain development. And as kids, it's really important for us to, uh, to our children is to, is to talk to them as though they are growing people and not like itty bitty babies. And so one of my professors said to me, when you go into the grocery store, Sharon, you should point out, this is a lime and that's green. And that lime is an oval, right? It's a metal, sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then I started doing that. And then as an educator, you know, we make a lot of, you know, we make millions, but um, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but I was always on a tight budget in the, in the grocery store. So then it became a game. We had so much money we could spend. And the kids and I would have to figure out what we could buy to stay under that budget. Love it. And that's just that. So that's the whole companion figuring those pieces out. I mean, it just what was happening in my real world. And so then I just take that and I give that to my students in high school or middle school and they are like, they take off. And that, the, the, the grocery store thing was hysterical because they ended up doing a whole analytical project about Harris Teeter and <laughs> what the prices were like before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, and then in the new year. And they're different? Oh, yeah. All right, Harris Teeter, you're about to get a presentation. <laughs> we got the PowerPoint queen over here. You're about to get a presentation. Yeah. So wow. um, before we kind of wrap this up, I think you have, have challenged a lot of parents uh, that are listening to this to maybe rethink their day-to-day. -day. You know, what activities are you doing that you can turn into a learning lesson yeah. specifically from STEM? And I think it's awesome. You're, it's almost like you're reprogramming our brain uh, to focus on the next generation and I think that's so neat. Um, one of the things that Michael Duvall, who is the chief social responsibility officer for the YMCA, told us that 39% of children in third grade are reading at a third grade level in CMS. Yeah. And basically, you have to read to be able to do anything. You do. Right. And Period. so 
I think that's the number five on your list was read and discuss stories. Start there and then yeah. go from there and challenge it. My son loves bananas. I've never said banana, yellow. Now, I don't know what shape we would go with that. But hot dog. Hot dog shape. But it's a cylinder. Yeah. It's round. Yeah. You can figure yeah. out yeah. how to make the diameter. Right, right. But like, in, and so like, I'm thinking like, wow, that's really cool. Like he goes to the grocery store with us. We shop as a family. Yeah. He might be a little bit too young to, to create the budget and help us do that. But hey, buddy, if you can help us out to, to save some money, that would be awesome. Um, but no, in, in all fairness, you know, Dr. Sharon, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Thank you for um, before me. we let you go, if you are listening, uh, please like, share, comment, uh, get in touch with uh, with Dr. Sharon. Um, but tell us, you know, what is the best way for people to not only learn more about this, but get in touch with you? You can find us on all the social media platforms at Dottie Rose Foundation. And uh, on our website, if you go to DottieRoseFoundation.org, there's a contact us or email us, and it goes directly to myself or Jillian, and we'll respond quickly. Or send us a, a, a DM or reach out to us on LinkedIn or Facebook. Facebook we is probably our biggest social media platform right now. I mean, because as much as we target kids, we have to target the parents. And those of us that are of this glorious age of the 40s, um, we love Facebook. So we're still on there. So you can find us there. Um, and I'm happy to connect. We have wonder, some really, really, really awesome programs coming up in the spring and in the summer. We have some really great partners uh, local to our community. Part of our work also includes involving the community in everything we do. So we, all of our camps and workshops have an aspect where there's a guest speaker or we go to a place in the community where the girls get to see and interact with tech businesses. So. Yeah, I love that. And if you are a woman in tech yes. uh, and you're in the area and you're not familiar with Dottie Rose Foundation, reach out to them. Check out like this could be an organization that you could really, um, you know, help the next generation of women in tech. And and it's obviously important. Um, so we're so you know happy for you to, to join us and tell your Thank story. You. Uh, look forward to following the journey. Um, you never know. Maybe I'll have a daughter uh, here. Yeah. And, um, or your and son can, can still join us. We're, yes, doing, we're, we're partnering yeah. with the Hornets. Everybody. Oh, there we go. We're partnering with the Hornets in, in January and we're doing a, a data and stats. Uh, it. It's called Sports Stats. And they're going to learn how to collect data on the sports, the um, players. So do a, are adults allowed to sign up for that class? Yes, they or? are. <laughs> absolutely are. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, everybody, for uh, for listening to this uh, episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Follow the Dottie Rose Foundation. Again, thank you, Sharon, for joining us. Thank we had a blast me. learning about your story. And um, hey, everybody go out there, make change, and, uh, and support the community. Thank you so much. Until next thank time. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.